everybody, and welcome to episode number 34 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. And Joe, we just got off just your normal average week of of Overwatch League, except you had you had some you had some surprises. Uh, a certain team called the Los Angeles Valiant happened to get their first win. Um, both of us are wait. You you got one win on the week on your picks, but I went zero <laughs> yeah. and four. I mean, that's a surprise for me because I I thought I was good at this, but apparently I'm not. Um, some frustrations there when I felt this when I felt it necessary last week to pick the Paris Eternal to win just to just have one different game from you. Um, but after the show, realizing I was more confident that the Los Angeles Valiant would beat the Atlanta Reign than I was that Paris would beat Dallas. Um, but I, I had locked my picks in, and it was too late. And now I, I did not win a single game. Joe, you have bragging rights now. Wait, are we tied? <laughs> yeah, we're even now. We're right at 500. <laughs> okay, both of us are dead even. Um, this is This is embarrassing. This is embarrassing, Joe. We gotta pick it up, pick our game up this week. Yeah, um, we're we're not quite not quite mid season. We still got some time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, maybe we'll just go one hundred percent on the games from here here on out. I mean, I hope we don't because then that means we would have to choose the same teams and that would be boring. But yeah, yeah I was gonna say partly it just depends on uh, uh, which matches we pick. I mean, we could just pick all the easy matches from here on out. <laughs> Just to make ourselves look like better analysts, I like I like your style, Joe. <laughs> this this will this will get us a bigger following, make us look like gods among men, and then we can just tweet about, hey, look how good we are at predicting our, our yeah, matches exactly. without without mentioning which matches we're predicting. <laughs> this week, this week, um, there 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 were some four O's, there were some three ones that were three O's turned to three ones. I mean, this week. Not that exciting, and I don't think looking at the matches, I wasn't like, "Wow, this week's going to be insane." Um, I, I was more like, "This week's going to be fine." We yeah. we got, I mean, some of the matches we thought were going to be amazing, like Titan Soul. We just got in stage playoffs, and Titans stomp Soul, and Titans once again stomp Soul. I guess the one thing we could talk about is how Fissure's not being played that much. Uh, marvel's being played a little bit more do you I, I mean i don't know if this works out for them but do you think it's do you think it's in a turmoil joe because this is i think that's what everyone's reaching for here with Fisher because he's such a good player like why would he be sat unless his ego is is getting to the team yeah i certainly hope not uh, you, you know or or that it's a, a kind of thing where um uh, you know soul just discovered uh you know, on Ilios against uh, New York, they're like, "Hey, we have other good, uh, other good players on our team." But, uh, but, but yeah, you know, that's sort of one thing I was talking about preseason with this team is that you know, the, the one thing that you know Soul needs not to have happen is to have another season of weird internal team stuff. Um, you know, we, we saw all the stuff that went through season one, um, which you know certainly didn't. Uh, uh, work to their benefit very much, um, you know, over the course of the season. And yeah, they've, they've got some um, relatively decent, uh, relatively big matches coming up too. They need to be, um, you know, prepared for and thinking about 
Uh, you know, they play Vancouver again yet this stage. Uh, they play in Dallas next week. It's going to be a, uh, a really good series. And yeah, they, um, they just need to be a little bit more uh, or a little bit less distracted with things like that, hopefully. Um, you know, or, you know, who knows? It could be something completely different. You know, maybe maybe Fisher's not feeling well. Maybe he's, you know, whatever. It's yeah. it's hard to say. <laughs> maybe Maybe Marvel's just performing better in scrims yeah. and... That's that's just the choice they ended up going with, but they're all I know is Seoul. They do have a tough stage. They're gonna have to get their their stuff together. But everyone is is seems to be confident in this team. I've I've seen them top five in a lot of power rankings. They have a very hard schedule this stage. Uh, so far they're zero and two, but they have played the uh, Vancouver Titans and Los Angeles Gladiators. So two really good teams. <laughs> But yeah, I haven't been that too impressed in those games. Uh, I mean, they look better against the Gladiators, and then the Titans just continue to look dominant. It doesn't matter what meta it's in, apparently. The next game after that on Thursday, I guess, is worth talking about as well, because the Toronto Defiant, uh, they did go 0-2 this week, and they continue to look bad, and they continue to make us look good, Joe, as we ranked them very low. in our power rankings despite them having like the third best record last stage we said no nah, we true. don't we don't believe we don't believe this team's good they're now one and three in this stage they're six and eleven map record uh they lost here to the philadelphia fusion three to one ended up losing 4-0 to the dallas fuel later this week toronto defiant is it i mean are we gods joe like what how how did we know that this team was going to be not as good as they were stage one? Was it was it pure luck last stage? Is it the roster changes they've had to make with Stellar gone? I'm 37 coming coming in now. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, trying to uh, think about it like stage one recap. I think, um, yeah, that Toronto overperformed stage one. That's um, I think um, you know we're not super crazy for saying that necessarily. Uh, and then stage two, week one coming in, um, you, you know, a couple of roster moves um, held their own against uh, Washington and then were reverse swept by Boston. Uh, you know, that's uh, this is still pretty decent performance. Mm-hmm. Um, but then this week losing to a Philly team that um, was on, uh, I think it's fair to say they were on in their on again, off again pattern. Um, and then uh, a Dallas team that had... Um, you know, like three weeks to prepare for this first matchup. You know, it, I think, uh, you, you know, that uh, while it's true, like you said, that, um, you know, we're not, uh, neither of us are incredibly high on Toronto. I think this week probably isn't, um, you know, enough to send uh, all our uh, Toronto fans that still listen to this show uh, packing. Uh, uh, I don't think, I don't think it should be that concerning for them. Um, and, you know, next week their matches, uh, who are they playing? They're playing, oh, San Francisco. That's going to be, that's going to be difficult <laughs> for them for sure. Uh, that is their only match next week. So I guess that's, that's some consolation. And then they don't play um, at They're the Dallas homestand. So uh, yeah, San Francisco, Vancouver, and Paris are their last three opponents of uh, the stage. Really so yeah, stage. it's, it's it's gonna be difficult, uh, but like in terms of uh, like the actual quality of the team, I think they're doing okay this meta. Uh, I, like I don't, like I said, I don't think it's quite time to write them off um, like as a team. But at the same time, they're definitely not you know like top tier mm-hmm. um, the way they were 
performance in stage uh, one. Yeah, I could def I could definitely see like the peak of this team being making that play in at the end of the season. So so around twelfth place. Uh, so I I definitely think they have the talent to do that. I agree with you, Joe. I had them like fourteenth in my power rankings. Um, I think that's around a good spot. They've they've got a really tough schedule. I like I'm thirty seven. I like their talent. So just just a rough week i agree and a rough schedule going ahead i highly doubt the Toronto defiant are making stage playoffs this this stage they got a really tough stage yeah speaking of expansion teams that were very successful last stage the first game to kick off uh friday i guess the main story here is the team they were playing but the atlanta rain continue their struggles uh as well here in in stage number two not looking as good in stage number one just like the toronto defiant in fact they have the same record in this stage at one and three um they lost now to the los angeles found the only the only winless team left up until this point and it was in a five map series atlanta also has been going through some changes i think even more significant changes than toronto because i think my opinion in my opinion they lost their best player in defran absolutely joe who's i'm gonna do a little comparison here who's whose season's a little more sal salvageable after after this rough stage two atlanta or toronto mm, i mean I, I think i've definitely got to give um an edge to atlanta here i mean uh it's is it same same sort of uh, future actually for this team? Uh, now that I'm looking ahead, as for Toronto, they're not going to Dallas. Uh, they play New York uh, twice left this stage, um, plus a Guangzhou charge team that actually has been not doing super great um, so far this stage. But uh, but they have a similar uh, similar past. You know, they did pr pretty decent in stage one, um, probably better than people expected them to. Um, and then stage two came out, they got reverse swept against Boston uh, in week one, uh, lost to a really hot London split, London Spitfire, um, and then just barely uh, to the LA Valiant. And, you know, while that's, uh, you, you know, on paper, that's a bad loss to have to take, um, you know, it, it is worth noting at least that that was a, uh, uh, a loss against LA Valiant with Custa, uh, who hasn't played uh, because of his gigantic brain um, in several weeks. And you know, obviously, he is a really good player, uh, so I, I can't imagine that that didn't um, you know improve uh, improve the Valiant's chances in this series. But yeah, coming in, uh, like you said, what are they? I already forgot their record. They are uh, five one and six and three. overall, over, and well, one and three stage five and six overall. Yeah, one and three in the stage. So it's not going to be a great stage record-wise for them. I don't think. I don't see them taking New York uh, either time. I think is fair to say. Um, you know, so finishing maybe two and five, which is definitely not um, uh, playoffs worthy. But uh, it's the same sort of thing. I don't think this team is dead, uh, and I don't think. Uh, it, 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 I still do think, in general. Hmm, am I going to say in general they're better than Toronto? I, I think in general they're better than Toronto. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say that. Uh, <laughs> um, the, yeah, it's an interesting week. Um, you know, maybe. Maybe LA Valiant's on a bounce back. It's hard to say, but uh, same same sort of boat. That I don't think either either of these teams are actually making playoffs. But um, it's definitely not uh, 
it could easily be their hardest stage of the season. Yeah, I I agree with you. But both of them have super similar. Now that you point out all the similarities, it's kind of crazy. Both reverse swept by Boston. Both extremely hard stages with Toronto with uh, Atlanta playing New York coming up. But I agree that I think Atlanta's the better team talent wise. And I think Baby Bay is just coming back to his own, coming, getting used to being on stage once again. But let's let's transition to the Los Angeles Valiant, who won their first game this week. They're uh, after this week, they're now one and nine. But you you mentioned them a little bit. Custa's in now. This team looks better, even against the Gladiators. They're able to tie a map and and take one off of them, which we'll talk talk about a little bit later but they they beat atlanta rain atlanta's good i think they have they've got some good they've got some good pieces but i think it's worth mentioning that this los angeles valiant team while they went zero and seven last stage and they they haven't looked at their best they still have a lot of players from that roster last season that that won the pacific division that got basically got second place in in the regular season this this team has tons tons of great talent and they could they could win any game that they play it doesn't matter what their record is honestly they or how they've been performing lately i, I they could come out of nowhere and all of a sudden be really good of course they don't have pieces like soon that they had last year and all all this stuff but they still have tons of talented players and uh, like cust and cust is a fantastic in-game leader now that he's finally being played i i already see this team improving Agilities is fantastic. I mean, they just got tons of great players that I can't like. Despite them being one and nine, I I can't consider them like a Florida Mayhem or a Washington Justice at one and ten. Uh, th- this team could definitely pull out upsets against some really good teams. So, I, I, absolutely, yeah, I completely agree with you there, Joe, uh, on the valley on the valiant. Um, yeah, I think game. hopefully. Hopefully this stage is going to help them um, reset a little bit. I mean, uh, week one they lost to you know San Francisco. We've we've established San Francisco is really good now. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but then week two uh, pulled out one and one um, against uh, uh, obviously beat Atlanta and then lost to LA. But uh, LA Gladiators are also a really good team this stage. Uh, you know, I think that's that's not a super surprising result really. Um, with them with a match next week against Washington um, that I think uh, I, I think I would pick them to win if we were picking that match um, playing Dallas and Seoul um, in week four and then Chengdu in week five I mean this is a decent uh, a decent stage for them which is weird again after uh, the after their uh, stage one performance to be saying that but but, but I, I do think that um, even going one and two or one and two in three matches in the first two weeks, I think is not um, uh, not necessarily a bad sign for for Los Angeles. Um, uh, yeah, it's it, it, it's definitely on a, on a bounce back. I think that stage two has given them a, a bit of a chance to reset. Hopefully, yeah, they've got those match. Some of those matches are are definitely winnable, despite some teams looking really good that they're playing but i those matches are definitely winnable soul i think i think they could they could pull out an upset there this this seems on the up and up they they've got new coaching staff they've got they've got to get used to all of that before they they really break out and i think they i think they will i think they were top talent last year and i think they will 
be top talent by the end of this year, honestly. I think they definitely and, – and we're not even halfway through the season. So if they start improving now, like – I, sky's the limit. They could they could even surpass like the play in tournament if they play well enough and get top six uh, from here on out. But if they if they do have a rough end to the stage, then it's gonna have to be play in tournament basically. Yeah, I was gonna say I want to see a little bit more a uh, little bit more positive results from them before I maybe yeah. go that far. But. Yeah, <laughs> true. I, I'm just jumping way ahead of myself. Uh, <laughs> the next game was pretty cool too. Hangzhou versus Boston. Boston, uh, they they can't win a fifth map unless it's a reverse sweep, Joe. It's very unfortunate. Uh, Clearly, yeah. And this, honestly, this map five was crazy. Uh, it absolutely was crazy. I, I highly recommend you go rewatch just, just map five because Boston easily was, should have won this. Was that the one that they uh, that they played on uh, uh, Li Gardens? Yes, um, and what was was the third point? Yeah, yeah, and Boston had this in the bag by far. Like I was cooking food while watching this on my on my laptop, and I I looked at I looked at the game. Boston like won a, won the fight that that would secure them the point at ninety nine percent, and Hangzhou would just be trickling onto the point at this point. So I was I turned around. And I was like, okay, cool. Boston won. I'm gonna. I'm going to continue to cook my food. And then I turn back around and all of a sudden they're still fighting on this, on this point. I'm like, Oh my goodness, what, what is happening? And then just, um, IDK Lucio's on Lucio just pops up in the kill feed, killing color hex, uh, and somebody else. And that game, that play won the game for Hangzhou. He left the point to go, to go kill color hex who was coming back from spawn with a graviton surge uh booped him off of the map and won the entire game for the hangzhou spark it was literally that moment that won it all like no doubt he would have come back grav surged and won the game for boston uprising but idk i mean people hyped this guy up at the beginning of the season as one of the best lucios and that is a big brained play right there that was crazy to watch uh Hangzhou, are they on the up and up finally, Joe? Or is, I mean, Boston's yeah, been, been shaky. Yeah, Hangzhou's interesting. They've been like super rough, um, you know, like underperforming the way uh, that a lot of people expected them to. I mean, um, the, like their most recent significant win was against Gladiators in week three of stage one. Is that accurate? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> which, which was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they're playing Guangzhou, San Francisco, um, Chengdu, Paris, uh, Seoul here in this upcoming stage. But yeah, it, like uh, Hangzhou has definitely been, you know, underperforming the way um, from the way people expected him to. Um, and it's really hard to say. I think this uh, we're picking this Guangzhou match uh, later in the show, and it's 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 really difficult um, <laughs> to, to try to try to place this team. Um, because they're like simultaneously, you know, in the bottom and near the top and in the middle, <laughs> uh, j- just depending on you know who they're playing. Uh, and I think in general that's less of a problem this uh, this stage than last. I mean, you can just look at the uh, like the the way the records are spread out uh, between the teams to see that. But, uh, but yeah, Hangzhou is definitely a sort of a weird a weird quantity that we 
um, you know, even, uh, I guess, nine games into their schedule, we really don't, uh, I feel like, know a lot about. <laughs> and it's it's hard to hard, hard to look at them exactly. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's They've still got lots of chances. I mean, they've they've only played two uh, two matches so far this stage. They'll, they'll have uh, uh, five to go here in the next three weeks. But uh, yeah, just to, to to help us see exactly where they are <laughs> more than anything. Yeah, they, I I think they're similar to the Valiant, as as in they have a lot of talent on their team that they maybe need to come together as a cohesive unit because that I think that's their biggest problem because their their talents all over the place and they were known as one of the teams that took talent just took talented pieces one by one from other teams instead of taking sort of full rosters or even four players from one team or three or four, like all these other teams are doing um they took more of like a Boston route to it actually uh, but Boston I think Boston's a little bit better coaching staff wise at bringing those players from other teams together as a unit uh, with a strategy. I think Hangzhou could use a little bit better coaching in that regard, uh, which is a little bit weird because <laughs> Hangzhou did beat Boston in this game. So it's weird that I'm saying that. Uh, I think next significant game, I mean, San Francisco Shock stomped Guangzhou Charge, who is, I mean, they've had a tough schedule, but they have yet to win a map this stage. Um, yeah, which is 0, 0 crazy. <laughs> yeah, zero and sixteen, especially after I put them number seven in my power rankings, embarrassing myself uh, at this point. Jeez, the, the Guangzhou charge not looking good. Samsung's just shock, of course, continuing to look good. Uh, the next match, I did not, I wasn't able to watch, but I think this was a surprising result for both of us, Joe, because we had the Chengdu Hunters winning this game, correct? And it's they, true. We both we both picked them. They lost three to one. Uh, did you watch this? <laughs> um, I, I think I went back in uh, and watched it. Yeah, it's um, it was really interesting. I think um, you know Shanghai clearly knew what they were doing. I mean, Chengdu won on Paris, uh, actually pulling out a really nice full hold um, on the defense, which is um, you, you know it's sort of a testament to. Uh, kind of the way they play, I think, more than anything, because um, you know Paris is uh, Paris and Junkertown are like standouts of of weird stuff um, from the map pool of the stage, both of which they played. Um, but yeah, Shanghai looking looking really nice, particularly um, you know people like um, uh, people like you know uh, DM especially um, pulling out. Uh, having lots of chances uh, to pull out the, you know the fun kind of heroes we like to see uh, from our DPS players um, and uh, yeah I mean you know Chengdu was uh, pretty much right there with them uh, all the way through it's just a matter of uh, you know trying to be able to complete things and uh, uh, yeah I don't know I mean I mean you know we've established Shanghai isn't necessarily a bad team anymore uh it, yeah. it was it was a pretty decent match pretty decent match yeah uh shanghai continue to i mean they have to they have to stick with it here they're they're four and six overall now in the stage they're one and two i think we all see the talent this roster has uh and i mean they'll get they'll get better every every single week i think chengdu hunters sometimes their strategies their off the wall strategies just don't don't end up working uh, especially when pe- when teams have time to prepare for it. 
So Chengdu, I, I still think both of these teams are very good. A, a nice oh, little yeah. nice little battle for for China right there. Considering, I mean, they're the teams to do it basically. So yeah, yep. Uh, unless Hangzhou and Guangzhou get their stuff together here, but. Next, we move on to Saturday, starting off with a fantastic, uh, another fantastic Grand Finals rematch. London Spitfire versus Philadelphia Fusion. This time, the London Spitfire take it two to one with a tie on Hanamura. Uh, and we went to a map four to decide it all. On Rialto, London Spitfire ended up taking this one. And London Spitfire, they are in form now. 3 and 0 this stage. Uh, eight two and two in maps. The London Spitfire had a poor stage last or last stage in stage one, and Joe, they are finally showing up. They are finally looking like an elite team, and they are getting up there to be sort of a tier one team again, in my eyes. I, and I knew I knew it would happen because this team's super talented, right? Uh, what what's different this stage for the London Spitfire? You think, Joe? That's that's got them on such a such a streak here. And I mean, it's you know hard to say other than uh, you know any more specifically than oh it's the meta, uh, but at the same time you know London, uh, the you know we talked about how um, their TPS players are were sort of struggling last stage, uh, you know tr- trying to find a consistent Zarya player or whatever, um, but but you know it's at the same time we're still playing goats a lot, um, you, you know even here in stage two, uh, and while it's definitely um, you, you know, definitely a lot different than what we were looking at uh, here in these these last couple of matches. But uh, but yeah, I think London just in general has also improved uh, some of their some of their focus and what they're trying to do. Um, the, yeah, I think they they looked um, they, they looked like they were you know ready for um, uh, for this Philly match. That's definitely true. Um, and did they have another match this week? I already forgot. Um, I feel like they did. No, they played they... Philly. No, okay. No, that was it. Uh, well, yeah. So you know th- that could have helped too. It's hard to say, but uh, but yeah, they, they did look really prepared. Like you said, they've they've been on um, uh, this whole stage. I mean, people like Prophet, people like Fury, uh, to have been allowed to do some of the things that they like to do. Um. And yeah, I expect them to uh, continue to do well. Actually, I mean they've got some um, pretty decent matches coming up. They're playing Boston next week, um, uh, Paris and Chengdu the week after, and Houston. I mean, you know, two or three or uh, possibly four of those are definitely winnable for London. I think, um, especially if they keep playing the way they've been. Uh, that yeah, I think. If if the stage one meta was not theirs, so I think stage two is much closer to where they're comfortable. Yeah, and they get they get chance at revenge uh, on Paris already, and I and I think they could easily get it this time. I think everyone's in agreement there. The and it's crazy because I feel like London's been playing so much goats uh, compared to, <laughs> to. I mean, everyone's playing goats still, but London is a team you'd expect. To maybe go towards the meta shift a little bit more, but no, they have decided we're really confident in our goats now, despite being terrible at goats to start the season. But they're really coming into their own as as far as that composition goes. So I don't blame them. Uh, on the other side, Philadelphia Fusion. 
Uh, they, so far in this stage, are 2-2. Two and two. They've had some tough matchups, Joe. The F- Fusion fan, the resident Fusion fan of this podcast. <laughs> Uh, they're still at seven and four. They're still still competing. They're overall they're number they're second place in the Atlantic Division, uh, but now they have lost to the London Spitfire and they they have been o forward by New York Excelsior and I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Uh, is is the London Spitfire the t- the team in the Atlantic that's going to be able to beat New York and or or does Philly does Philly have a chance? Is what what does Philly need to change to be an elite team? alongside new york here in the atlantic yeah those are those are a lot of big questions for this team that's for sure i mean they're playing san francisco again this stage they're playing new york um uh they're not playing uh in dallas but uh but yeah philly uh you know it seems like we say this every week you you know is a team that um is good when they know what they're doing um and and not really when they don't i mean um when they have the freedom to uh to, to do the things they're good at you, you know they're gonna have success uh, but if we get into a match like uh the very first match of this stage philly versus new york um and they try to be experimental but they're not um you know 100 percent on it the teams that are uh you know running goats or running uh, more tried to two compositions are going to be able to exploit that um and you know whether that's uh we still haven't seen uh fraggy come in all season for philly uh, not that i think um lots of philly fans are saying you know um uh, that like sato is the only reason that uh philly is uh you know underperforming in their eyes which of course is just losing any matches at all uh, but and i'm not quite uh, convinced that I'm of that opinion, but at the same time, uh, being able to to shake things up a little bit and and um, uh, it's sort of counterintuitive, but but to shake things up, uh, perhaps in order to improve uh, consistency uh, and be prepared for more situations uh, for this Philly squad. So, you know whether that means bringing in Fraggy, whether that means uh, you know experimenting with. Um, uh, you, you, you know more varied support lineups we've seen elk a little bit this stage and obviously we can't uh, have him a lot but uh, we haven't seen snello at all i don't think he's also signed two ways technically uh, and, and while i'm not sure you know any of those are actual answers but um uh, being able to uh, prepare more specifically for some of these big matches that are coming up is basically what you're going to have to do in order to um, have some success here yeah I just, I just hope Philly, because when Philly's on, they they can challenge top teams. They can upset top teams like the New York Excelsior. And next week they play them again. And I just really hope that they don't get four would Like at least make it a close match. Because when when these two teams play, they it, last season it was always a close match. So so I think Philly Philly's got to improve there a little bit. Because they, they, I feel like they were the Titan Killers last last season, and I guess now we actually have a team called the Titans. So um, <laughs> the Titans true. are the only Titans of the league. But uh, they, yeah, I think Philly, Philly has obviously has the talent there. They, I agree with you that they. I think the first matchup for NYXL, they're like, it's a new meta. Let's just throw DPS characters out here, and it's gonna work because they're better now. Uh, but they did. They didn't have like a clear strategy going around them, and around those DPS heroes. And now, 
we're two weeks later. We're settling into the new meta a little bit. I feel like Philly's going to be a little more confident and maybe play, maybe do they do pull out those strategies again, but be a little they're they're a little more uh, sort of together on those on those strategies and they're more they're more concrete strategies than they were in week one of this stage of a new meta. So I I, I expect Philly to to definitely at least take a map off NYXL this time. Please, please do that, Billy. Yeah. If uh, nothing else, just for entertainment. Yeah. Uh, the next match, Vancouver versus Houston, was actually talked about a lot. Like, one of the most talked about matches, uh, at least on Twitter, on Reddit, after this match happened. It's because Houston played well against them, especially on the first map. They took the first map. Busan 2-0 and they looked really good with their DPS strategies playing to their own style Monte Cristo ended up coming out with an entire YouTube video about how Houston Outlaws should embrace their style, embrace Linkser, embrace the players they have on their team and play to their style rather than try to out Goats Vancouver Titans, arguably the best Goats team in the league right now I think everybody on Twitter was super upset that Houston Outlaws continued to play goats against Vancouver Titans instead of going to what they were doing on Busan again. I know I know Paris, Eichenwald Rialto, especially Eichenwald Rialto have are very goats heavy. Uh but Houston is is just I mean, we've seen it with Chengdu. We've seen it with other teams playing to their style. Is might be a way to go. Do you agree with Amanti and the Twitter outrage, uh, or do you agree with uh, their GM Flame, who who went on a vast Twitch stream after, very very heated, very tilted, saying that playing goats was their best option. Yeah, what what yeah. side are you on? It's hard to say. I mean, if you can run Soldier Torb and and beat Vancouver, I mean that's it's super super tempting. Uh, uh, you know, especially if you've got uh, you know some of the freedom to do that. Uh, you, you bring in an Arhan who hasn't seen um, tons of play uh, so far on this team and, and stuff like that. But um, but yeah, I don't know. It's Houston is another team that like um, doesn't have very high expectations. I think. Um, it's fair to say, uh, so far this season, I mean, they've got, uh, they're playing Philly and Shanghai, um, uh, Seoul and Dallas also, actually, um, uh, Guangzhou, London, I mean, it's, it's, it's just sort of back and forth a lot with this team. I mean, uh, it's another team that also had, um, you know, like a three or four week break between, um, the end of stage one and their first stage two match, uh, which, you know, you might think. Uh, that they could have, um, you know, tried a little harder to, to to come up with something unique for this uh, Vancouver match. But then again, um, I've said that before as as an analyst and not a, a player and not a coach, and I have no idea exactly what that would take. But you know, just learn Reinhardt. Um, I think I said that about a Ming or something. But um, but, but yeah, I don't know. It's. Uh, uh, I'm really tempted, you know, as a as a viewer, uh, and as an analyst, to to just, uh, to, yeah, absolutely, you sh- you should run uh, Soldier Torb and, j- and just see what happens, and uh, you know, I mean, that's what I got. So <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it worked well enough, I guess. I think, 
Houston's Houston throughout throughout franchise history, which I guess has only been one one year now. Um, they they have been like meta slaves, to be honest with you. As a Houston fan, last season they were fantastic when the meta was good for them. But when the meta wasn't good for them, they often folded into the meta and tried to be good at it. And they were never good at it. They were never good at metas that didn't suit their style of play. And their style of play last season happened to be Jake on Junkrat, of course, and, and Lynxer on, on Widow and all this stuff. But it, it seems like Houston, coaching-wise, has been a team that that is like, okay, this is the, the best composition right now. And they don't sort of consider what their players are best at and it's and it's weird because it seems like going into Busan, they had a strategy. They had a long time to plan for this game. This was their first game of the stage. They and they didn't play week five, stage one. So they had a long time to prepare for the Vancouver Titans, and it showed on Busan. Honestly, they came out and they. It seemed like they were confident in what they were running. It seemed like they knew what they wanted to do, and they executed it very, very well. And then on the other maps, it looked like they had not taken any time to prepare for those maps for some reason. It, it looked like the complete opposite from what it did on Busan. And I think that's why everyone was upset because it was like, because you saw the potential there for an upset. You saw the potential. And I was even thinking in my head, like Houston's had a long time to prepare, to prepare for this. It's a new meta. Like it feels like this could be an upset. This could be the first game Vancouver loses. It feels like a trap game almost for Vancouver, uh, and I felt like it should have been a game they lost if Houston had sort of executed a little bit better on on their strategies and maybe had better strategies instead of trying to. Because I think everyone was just upset because they saw that that it worked. They saw that Houston playing to their own style was fantastic on Busan, and then. When when all of a sudden that's taken away, everyone's like, "Why are you taking Linkser out? Why are you playing into Vancouver Titans' strengths? Like this is making the match worse. This is making your chances worse." Everyone wanted to see an upset. No one no one likes to see unless you're a hardcore Vancouver fan. No one likes to see these teams just going undefeated. They want to see some crazy upsets, and Houston looked definitely like they had the potential to do it at points so it just kind of stuck maybe one day <laughs> yeah maybe one day um that's unfortunately the only time houston will play vancouver so no more chances there but i i do th- i i i do think vancouver someone's gonna have to lose a game because everybody plays each other at least once so that's there there's only a chance for one undefeated team out of vancouver and new york they they eventually do have to play each other it's but true. I do, I do think New York or Vancouver will lose to somebody besides themselves. It is a long season. If they if they do go twenty eight and zero, I will be super impressed. Yeah, we'll have to ask some questions about uh, next season. In that case, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we move on to the the rest of this day was kind of we already talked about Toronto. I guess we could talk about Fuel, uh, but I yeah, let's we not, haven't mentioned let's, them yet. Let's talk about Fuel Paris instead of Fuel Toronto. This was a closer game, uh, two to one. It was a close one, but Fuel coming out strong. This, these were their first two matches of this stage. They've got 
I mean, this is their stage to take, Joe. It's their homestand stage in Dallas. Uh, I think if if this is a if this is the only stage they're going to make stage playoffs, this has got to be it, right? This is it's this is their time. I mean, yeah, you you would think so. I mean, they're playing uh, Vancouver next week. That's going to be difficult. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, definitely, you know, possible wins from from Seoul, uh, Houston, LA Valiant, uh, Florida is there, is their last match of the stage. Yeah, um, yeah th- th- if they go, you know, five and two, we we've seen that's or yeah, five and two, we, we've seen that's you know likely. Or no, it would be like uh, six and one, even maybe possibly. Uh, I, I could see a six and one stage uh, for yeah. Dallas. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I think absolutely this is uh, you know definitely one of their one of their better shots. Um, looked really good uh, coming out the stage again with uh, particularly uh, note is this time obviously is now playing for Dallas. Um, their their flex tank even. Like back into stage one, uh, like like Dallas has been the team of of the flex, um, uh, of the off tank. Um, oh yeah. And, and um, note looking really good in that role, um, still even for Dallas um, and against the Paris team, uh, which uh, beat beat Florida, which they needed that win um, earlier this week, and then lost again. So they're like two and two on the stage, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Paris still trying to find where they are exactly, but um, but yeah, Dallas looking really good. I'm I'm uh, uh, looking forward to how they're finishing this season. Yeah, and even though it was two to one, they did win on map three after a tie, which sort of secured the game uh, for Dallas. So so the last map was not a necessary win for Dallas. That's that's sort of why Paris ended up winning it. Probably we saw that a couple times this week. Uh, but yeah, I am impressed by Dallas and notes integrations. Great. They Dallas has always had high highs. Honestly, that when this team looks good, they are looking good, but their issue has always been, they don't look good all the time. So we'll see as we continue this stage, if this trend continues and if it does, then I'm going to be really impressed by this team and their coaching. I'm still super impressed by their coaching staff. So they've got, Sky's the limit for this team, honestly. I, and I, I don't even find Dallas to be filled with that too much talent, honestly. I, I feel like they are carried by coaches a, a lot. And I think Note is a super good fit for that because he's a very consistent player. And he's a very – he's just – he's a player that, that is going to listen to the coaches and their strategy, basically. So I think that's – I think Note fits super well with this squad, a lot more than RCK was. So – Dallas, I'm impressed by them. They're six and three now. They've got a really good record, and they they've they're looking like a top team now. For sure. Uh, yeah, and uh, I mean Paris continued to struggle a little bit. This was this was this was like a close match. I don't think they're like they they beat Florida obviously, and they're two and two this stage. So they're they're about mid table. They, I mean they're they're Paris, and I, I'm upset that I had to pick them against Dallas because I did not think they were gonna win. I think they have a bye week next week. Yes. I don't see them Paris? anywhere. I don't uh, see them yeah. anywhere on this because they are going yeah. to Dallas. So they do they do need a little bit of a bye week. Uh so that that'll be that'll be good before going to Dallas. They they're the lucky ones. They get they're one of the Dallas teams that just gets to rest before they have to travel. So that that's that'll be super beneficial for them. Um yeah, Paris do you have anything to say about Paris besides 
they're, yeah, they're I mean, fine. Not, yeah, not much. We'll have to see if they're able to have success with uh, what they're trying to do. Yeah. Uh, the next couple games were Washington Justice Florida Mayhem games, which I think we just skip at this point, Joe, right? Like, these teams are bad. Um, these teams are real bad. <laughs> Unfortunately, they're yeah. they're on a, like they're on their own tier, and it stinks. I I mean it stinks. I hate having teams that that can't compete. It's embarrassing. Um, at least Shanghai, even though they went zero and forty, were competing consistently at the end. Maybe these teams will improve to that point, but they're just getting stomped in every match, basically. Uh, and we move on to the LA versus LA matchup, which is my matchup to rewatch. Even though uh, Gladiators took a two zero in three maps, they, um, I just think it's worth rewatching just because this is this is what we're gonna get. This is home matches, baby. This is this is what the crowd needs to be like. The Blizzard Arena crowd, in my opinion, has been extra weak this year. But I think that's mainly from the fact that there are twenty teams now. And there are less days where one of these teams, the Los Angeles Valiant or Gladiators, aren't playing. But when they are playing, this crowd is insane. And uh, when they're playing each other, the crowd is electric. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. uh, I wish I I wish I could have been there. I, I would have loved to be there for that. I, I will definitely be going to the second LA versus LA battle of the season, which will, will be... Uh, in downtown Los Angeles at at the Valiant's LA Live uh, area, which is exciting. I'm excited now to go see it. And even though Gladiators took this, I think relatively easily, a nice little, a nice little two to one, and they took it in three maps after it tied Hanamura. Uh, I think it was, I think it was decently close. I think both. I going into this week, I expected a four zero because LA has been or the gladiators la has been gladiators have been absolutely on but valiant look at better and uh honestly they had a lot of fans in that arena for how awful they've been this year joe <laughs> yeah it's just true i mean i guess uh, you kind of have to i mean you have no excuse not to go if you're if you're in town anyway something yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm just surprised that like it's so early in both of these teams like in both of these teams sort of history that it seems like you could easily flip-flop between the two, but I I got to give it to the fans and their passion. Like even though Valiant have looked awful and the Gladiators have looked like a top-tier team, the Valiant fans are still are still out there. It's a bitter rivalry. If they're if you're a Valiant fan, you're not flip-flopping the Gladiators. You're just not. Uh which is fantastic. I love sports. <laughs> Go team. Yeah, it was it, it was it was crazy. It's reminded me of like the uh, the World Cup Paris matches with that. Oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, yeah. That kind of crowd it was great because they were just cheering constantly, just like that Paris crowd. Uh, which I, it seems like crowds are taking a page from that Paris crowd because I think that Paris crowd is still the best crowd we've ever seen in Overwatch by far. Uh, and we're gonna get that next next season, Joe. Every every home match for Paris. That's fantastic. Uh, this I, I, this is the one to rewatch for me, just because I, I I'm thinking this is what we have to look forward to for home matches next season. I'm very excited, and when the crowd is hype, I get so hype. And we're gonna get that like almost every match next season because 
we're actually going to have home crowds and not Los Angeles people watching these teams uh, for every game. I'm excited. That's true. Um, and so my my match uh, to rewatch this week then is um, also LA Valiant match. Uh, this time against Atlanta Rain, which of course was their first win of the season. Um, that yeah is really really nice to look at. I mean, uh, super close all the way down to to map five. Um, uh, which I don't want to spoil it, but sort of uh, the, the casters were a little bit surprised with how it ended. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, but yeah, definitely a deserved win. Um, I'll sort of transition into uh, Custa as my MVP pick this week. Also, again, bringing him back, uh, the the Galaxy Brain himself. Uh, that yeah, it, it's uh, I think no matter what uh, their former coach said, because uh, I think it, I think his former right. Uh, I'm trying to think. I think they've made coaching changes since then, but uh, no matter what they said, it's because uh, it is definitely an asset to this team, and it's good to see him back. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, it is former, and yeah. I think that's a great MVP choice. I, I'm going with Decay because I'm an LA Gladiator fanboy who is hype on this guy now. He is looking really good. Uh, have I given MVP to Decay before? Because I feel like I have. Uh, I did last week. <laughs> uh, yes, he did. I mean, it, it, he just deserves all the MVP awards at this point. Um, he, he's he's looking fantastic in every single match, and he's looking like the, the hype trains leaving the station on this dude because he's. I mean, he got paid big in the off season, and he was the most sought out free agent. And I, I think we're seeing the reasons why finally, even though he had a shaky start. Uh, it seems like the pressures been relieved off of his shoulders at this point as he gets used to playing on this big stage uh yeah there's i mean that's our let's let's round it all up by recapping the standings uh i'll do stage standings first which i think are a lot better the stage standings are a lot better the top eight i think are pretty deserved uh besides maybe like philly fusion maybe should be in there instead but um, I think the top eight is looking pretty good so far, uh, and the top eight is NYXL, LA Gladiators, both at four and zero at the top. Then you got the Shock, the Titans, and the Spitfire at three and zero. You got Dallas Fuel coming in at six at two and zero. Then you got two two and one teams, the Chengdu Hunters at seven, and the Boston Uprising at eight. Uh, if any team out of these eight, maybe Boston doesn't deserve it as much as like Philly. Um, or maybe even Hangzhou will improve, but we'll see. I think, and and Seoul is obviously Owen too. Uh, I, that's one I forgot about. Seoul's Owen too, way down on this list, and they've had a tough schedule in facing the LA Gladiators and the Vancouver Titans. But they do have a very tough schedule to finish off the stage too. So uh, it might just be no stage playoffs for this team because they've got a very hard schedule, which would but, be sad because I think this is a top team. Yeah, it, it, I think it is true though that uh, London and Dallas, I think, are definitely making it at this stage. Yeah, uh, based on the way they've been playing. So yeah, oh, yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good to see. Uh, and let's just take a quick look at the overall standings because I I like the overall standings a lot. I like looking at them, but I, I like looking at them division wise. Uh, sort of highlighting the the two divisions a little bit more because if you do win the division, you you get an automatic top two seed so it's pretty important uh over in the atlantic you have new york at 11 and 0 overall 
and a 31 map differential, which is the best in the league by far. Insane. They've had a very easy schedule because I do think the Atlantic is so weak in comparison to the Pacific. Like, super weak. Uh, we take a look. Next up is Philly Fusion at 7-4. 7-4. You got Boston and London at 6-4. and four. Then Toronto at 6-5. and five. Atlanta and Paris at 5-6. and six. Houston at three and five, and then Florida and Washington at one and ten, and now you see why this New York has New York gets the privilege of playing Florida and Washington twice each, uh, where Vancouver does not have does not get to do that um, over in the Pacific Division, and just overall, I think Atlanta, Toronto, Paris, Houston are all a lot worse than what you got over in the Pacific Division in those places. Uh, which I will go through now. Uh, Vancouver, 10-0 up top. They have a 23 map differential, which is 8 behind New York XL. Uh, then Vancouver Shock, or Vancouver Shock, San Francisco Shock at 7-3. and And with a 7-3 and record and a 17-plus map differential is actually pretty, pretty impressive. <laughs> 17 maps and you've lost three games. That's pretty good. Uh, then you have the gladiators who have been streaking. I think it, I think, well, they did go three and four, um, last stage. So they have at least won four games in a row, but I can't remember if they were two and four and they've won five, but they're on a big streak here, obviously, uh, at seven and four, you have Dallas fuel at six and three, Chengdu hunters at five and five. Then you have Seoul, Hangzhou at four and five, Shanghai at four and six, Guangzhou at three and eight, LA Valiant at one and nine. Like I, I go through that list, Joe, and I say to myself, "There's no one like maybe Guangzhou has looked awful lately, and this is that's probably the worst team in the Pacific." But I still think Guangzhou has talented players. So, absolutely, that's, that's that, this is a scary division in comparison to Atlantic, which is interesting because um, uh, last season it was the opposite. I think. Because uh, you know, last season with New York and London and Philly all in the same division, um, and and a San Francisco shock that wasn't that wasn't incredible. Yeah, in Boston, shock that wasn't very good. Um, wasn't you know, good. you know, relatively Dallas that wasn't very good. Yeah, it's, it's really good. flipped around. Yeah, and now you have yeah, that's that has really flipped around. Dallas improved, shock improved, Seoul improved, Shanghai improved, like so yeah. many. <laughs> Like everyone, and and the team the team that won the Pacific last season, the Valiant, did not improve. Um, it's which true. Is, it's been like a complete turnaround for that division. Well, yeah, on the other side, well, I just don't, I don't know. Boston was really good. I think I think Boston was better last year than they are this year. Um, I think Philly is honestly looking a little bit worse than they did last year. Uh, they weren't. They certainly weren't getting four would by NYXL last year. Uh, London has looked a little worse so far, but I think they're getting back to form. So, I mean, and I think Houston, Houston was definitely better last year too, but yeah, Atlantic is, Atlantic's looking a little different this year so far. Um, but I definitely think they have potential with some of these teams to, to reach the Pacific division. And if you look at the overall league standings, you have like new york and first and then you following them you have four pacific division teams right off the bat so yeah it's true um yeah look i i could look at these standings all day and find something new but uh let's move on joe let's do it let's (laughs) let's move on to the news kate mitchell uh has decided to step down as the gm 
of the Washington Justice, probably the first big um, female hiring in Overwatch in general. Uh, so it's, I mean, it's been it's been a little bit of a shock. She she just decided to step down mainly because of. Um, I mean, her quote here is, I've had irreplaceable experiences in this community and made friends that will last a lifetime. It's impossible to ignore, though, that I've also been confronted with toxicity and cruelty from strangers that outpaced anything I saw in in years in gaming and politics, especially from people on Reddit. Uh, Calling out Reddit. I'll always call out Reddit. That's, That's my motto. Um... So she, yeah, she mentions that she has to see a therapist for anxiety. Uh, and that's a lot of pressure being a GM, Joe. It really is. Uh, it's tough. And, um, I mean, it's, 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 it's hard. <laughs> she, and especially, yeah. especially being a GM to a team that's not successful. It's even more hard because people are calling for your head. I mean, being a Lions, Detroit Lions football fan, uh, I can't. I can't count the number of times uh, we have called for somebody's head, whether it was the GM, whether it was the owner, whether it was coaches. Like, when your team's bad, you're going, you're going at these people's throats and basically saying that they're awful at their job. So, it's a lot. <laughs> it's absolutely a lot. Uh, and Kate, Kate saw that firsthand. And I don't, I don't fully blame her for a bad team here. I mean, I from what the rumors were she got pretty she got a pretty low amount of budget to spend on this team so uh, i I think they're at the expected place for how much they had to spend and they yeah uh pretty pretty rough uh for her i mean i guess this was kind of out of nowhere but did you i mean you you had to expect some sort of change within washington right yeah, I mean, it's certainly not uh, not surprising to see one. Uh, you, you know, it's a shame it had to be on these terms, I guess. Yeah. Um, but you, you know, at the same time, you got to wonder if it's uh, it might might be good for the team overall. Um, you, you know, certainly, uh, we don't like a league that has bad teams. Uh, <laughs> which uh, again, I feel bad saying you know under the circumstances, but. Uh, you know, ultimately, uh, we'll have to see if uh, if it ends up being a positive thing. Um, you know, overall. Yeah. Um, I hope it will because I, I I really do want every I want to see every team in this league succeed. That's for sure. And Washington is looking like budget NYXL here at this point, which has looked awful. Um, yeah, let's move on to our next piece of news. Fearless has been demoted to Shanghai Academy. Hasn't really seen any play this season. Uh, and Shanghai Academy is Team CC. Uh, there are lots of <laughs> there are lots of academy teams that I that I don't know of just because they have a different. So they don't have like the name like Philly University. There's like Guangzhou Academy. Uh, but some of these teams have academy teams that aren't just have no relation to to, to their parent team's names. So, uh, yeah, he's been he's been dropped down to to Team CC, uh, which I mean, at least he's still like in the organization, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe he'll see more play. Is the other thing. Yeah, which, exactly. Which is good for him. So, 
There's a te- there's a team in Chinese contenders called Team for Victory, um, mm. and they have not had a single victory. <laughs> <laughs> they're waiting for victory. Yes, they're zero and five. <laughs> uh, very impressive. Speaking of contenders, I just want to mention this, but the Fusion University they lost their first game ever to Mayhem Academy, Joe. The, Oh, I didn't, I didn't even see that. Yesterday, wow. they lost their first ever match in in, in like a year and a half. <laughs> yeah, they were thirty and zero, and now they are thirty and one. Wow. And then, yeah, the Mayhem Academy are looking pretty good this this season. I mean, they do have like fact fiction. They've got a lot of good players on that team. So, I think this was expected, especially after Fusion University lost a bunch of their players to to Overwatch League. Uh, I'm I'm impressed that this team's still six and one. Honestly, after they lost Zachary <laughs> and all these players, because um, they're playing this season without who are you? I think right, still. Yeah, because um, he's he's in some other, uh, like, uh, Korea team. I think. Yeah, so it's I mean it's impressive they're still able to. It's impressive it's been they that they're six and one and looking good still. That's a that's a franchise for you right there, Joe. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's that's just a little tidbit I wanted to mention there. There you go. Yeah, um, Fusion University losing for the first time ever. Okay, archives. Uh, they drop today. It drops today. The event. This is a probably. S- I was gonna say probably by the time you're listening to this show, it's it gonna be, be out. It is definitely going to be out by the time you are listening to this show. Uh, you got a little nice little trailer yesterday. I watched that seemed kind of cool it included tracer riding a motorcycle which i hope we get to do that would be crazy um we have tons of pretty cool skins talon baptiste circus Junkrat, scientist moira deadlock mccree high roller hammond formal 76 um how do you say this guishin guishin bastion Something Race, like that, yeah. Racer Tracer and Socialite Ash. Socialite Ash is pretty dope because she, her... Racer Zarya. Although Racer oh, Tracer Racer's would be Aria. cool. Racer Tracer. Yeah. <laughs> Racer Zarya. Um, but yeah, it would be really... And Socialite Ash, uh, which is really cool because her dynamite is like a purse. Um, it, it, you can see all these skins on the Overwatch Twitter. Uh, I, Socialite Ash is my favorite personally. What's your favorite show? Mm. Um, I mean, that's a really good question. I really like that we have a form a formal soldier one now. It looks oh, yeah. a little bit weird with the hat. I don't know if you've seen, uh, if you yeah. if you've actually yeah. looked at, it. he's got like a military sort of hat on, which is which you know is fine because that's like his thing. But it, it looks yeah. kind of weird with the hat. I think. Um, uh, uh, the McCree one is also really nice because we because we actually have like a lore one now yeah, for McCree. Sure. Yeah, there, there's some there's some high quality skins in here. Uh, high roller Hammond's pretty. You get a you get Hammond with some sunglasses. That's that's what everybody wants. Uh, but we there's not too much like on this event. We got a trailer, but we I think we still have basically no clue what's happening. Um, yeah, not really. Other so, than we we saw a bunch of enemies that were essentially the same as the um, retribution enemies. Yeah, which hopefully there's a little bit of variety. But yeah, that was um, I was a little disappointed about that. Yeah, I mean, I think both of, we both of us went on a podcast like last week, um, and I think we both agreed 
prediction wise for Blizzard overall this year that they for Overwatch they're definitely going to be less focused on on the events. I think they're just going to keep the events the same. So this is another one of those situations where it's like they're not put it they can't put that much effort into this it seems. Um or they're just following the lore and it's it is the same exact enemies, so why would they change them sort of thing. Um uh, but we'll we'll find out more about it but Joe you wanted to you wanted to make some predictions here for what what's going to happen, some crazy predictions. Uh a few have, as well. Yeah, you have one prepared, so I'll let you go first. Yeah, so I was uh, talking with you sort of at the end of uh, last week's show about this, that uh, what I want to see, and again, uh, if you're listening to this, you can go check right now on, on the game browser, see if any of us are correct. Uh, but I would love to see is either um, for the archives events or for um, the map that presumably is coming out if we get some sort of, some sort of Havana map, um, is if we can have some sort of effect with um, with the weather, because um, the, the the lore of this event, um, you know, is that there's some kind of well, there's a, there's a hurricane approaching uh, the island, and that's like part of it, and we don't know exactly how big a part of it is yet, or how big a part of it it is yet, um, but we know it is some kind of part of the story, and um, if that somehow ended up affecting either the story mission or uh, or the map, um, like physically the map geometry, that would just be super cool. Uh, and I somehow doubt that's going to happen. But in case it does, I'm going to call it right now that that I called it on uh, on this <laughs> show before it came out. Uh, anyway, that's my prediction. Yeah, I mean, in the trailer, it seems like we've got we've got like sunny parts of the map, and then like it's raining at some points. Like it seems like that that could be a legitimate sort of a. <laughs> sort of prediction there and we don't have too many maps where it's like raining like that'd be kind of cool um i think you i think you got a good prediction there joe my prediction is uh this main who's who's the main villain what's his name uh maximilian yes the omnic my prediction is he my prediction is that so overwatch they're ramping up hero production my prediction is not only we do we get a new map we get a new hero and it's this dude because he's got animations he's got voice lines he's got everything i i just think that i think it's gonna happen joe i think we're getting another hero so quickly after batiste that would be cool yeah um i think that's a little i think you, I, I don't know we'll see because <laughs> we did just get batiste so um maybe they like hint at it a little bit but they it seems like they put a lot of effort into this this one this one character that um, will only be in this event that happens for a month. I don't know. I mean, that's what they said about, uh, or that's what we said about uh, Athena, or not Athena Echo, also yeah, yeah. <laughs> from the, from the McCree short. Yeah, but I mean that that's a little. Maybe they'll both come out at the same time. That's a little different because it was animated and not like in game. Um, that's true. So that's true. they didn't have to like build her in game. But I think I think Jeff also mentioned that. The, or whatever her name is 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 Echo. the hero. Yeah, Echo's the hero after Batiste at some point. I think um, it it was when we didn't know who Batiste was, but he. I think he said that she's not the next hero, but the one after that. So uh, my prediction might be awful, <laughs> but I got nothing yeah. else. We'll find out. Yeah, uh, and you can find out right now. 
Yes. Uh, One last piece of news, because Dallas Field just tweeted it. The Dallas homestand is officially sold out. We got a sold-out crowd in Dallas, Joe. Uh, Nice. I'm excited. I'm so excited. Uh, It's going to be cool. Good for them. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's exactly what we want to see, Uh, you know, not only for Dallas, but for, like, the league. That to have interest in the home matches is good. Yeah, and that's breaking news right here on On the Flank. Okay, let's go into next week. We didn't write any storylines to watch, but I guess besides the games we're predicting, there's Philly trying to get redemption against New York. Uh, <coughs> there is, let's see, there's a good there's a good Dallas-Vancouver um, game maybe because Dallas has looked a little hot lately, but it, this season it could be a Vancouver 4-0. Uh, but let's get what else? Wait, is there anything else? Vancouver, Boston. We we're not going through Hangzhou, San Fran. I mean, these are all all the games besides one we're ones we're predicting are are okay, and they, there's some that have potential to be good. So there aren't too many storylines to watch besides our predictions. Yeah. So let's let's get into our predictions. The first one's Friday, the last game on Friday, and it's another China versus China matchup. It's Hangzhou versus Guangzhou at uh, 9.15 Pacific time, uh, 12.15 Eastern time. And I think both of these teams are very similar, Joe, in respects of how people have been talking to them in that they both they both have tons of talent, but they haven't been executing on it. They haven't been executing as a team, and now they finally get to play each other. I think Hangzhou is coming off a win here, whereas Guangzhou has not won a single map this stage so hung I th- hangzhou's probably a little bit of a favorite here but do you think guangzhou can uh i mean they've had a tough schedule so far do you think they come out here against the spark and and, and put up a little bit of competition to take some maps off of them maybe even the game um yeah i think i am actually picking guangzhou uh this mm. match and i was um uh, you know trying to weigh that sort of in my head um uh throughout this show but uh, but yes, you know, Guangzhou is something like, you know, 28 maps uh, lost streak or something ridiculous like that. But uh, uh, but at the same time, we I think they do have the potential to be pretty decent. Um, and I mean, considering they've played, you know, like their last six match, matches have been um, LA Gladiators, Vancouver, Shock, Shock, Paris, and LA Gladiators. Um, I, I mean, th- those, that's a really hard uh, schedule. I mean, those are the top three teams um, in the league now and also Paris. But uh, uh, I guess New York's up there too. But uh, the point being that, yeah, that, that a hard schedule, uh, you know, assuming uh, assuming they don't um, let it affect them mentally, uh, and I imagine there's a little bit of an advantage to that, um, just knowing that you have a hard schedule, that you, you can sort of resist some of that a little bit. Um, uh, but so coming up on some easier opponents like Hangzhou, uh, coupled with the fact that we do know that they are pretty decent at uh, DPS. I mean, um, you know, maybe they haven't um, been showing that, but just in general, uh, you know, from our knowledge of them, I think it's not unreasonable, I think, to pick Guangzhou here, especially against um, Hangzhou, which, again, we've sort of talked about is kind of an unknown quantity, um, uh, but unknown in a good way. Uh, a good way for Guangzhou, I think, uh, potentially. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go opposite of you already, Joe. Hangzhou's, I, I think, coming off of that last win against Boston. Like, you mentioned confidence. 
I think Guangzhou's is down the drain because they haven't won a map in forever. Uh, by the way, I do think they take a map this week against Hong, in this game. But I think uh, Hangzhou is specifically coming off of an event and a, and a map and a moment for IDK that is going to extremely hype this team up and give them a, a lot more confidence because that is a big moment in a big game to win it in map five. I think Hangzhou is going to be looking good now. I think I think that's or looking better at least. I think that was a big moment for them. So I'm going Hangzhou. Uh, yeah. We move on to Saturday, which is our big big day. We have three games to predict from Saturday. The first being the first game of the day, London Spitfire versus the Boston Uprising uh, at noon. Um, and it's it's going to be, it's well, noon Pacific, three Eastern. It's going to be a good one, Joe, because both of these teams, I mean, London, they're streaking. Boston has has, has been looking good this stage, and they're looking, they're looking pretty good. But I think London would be a favorite in this game. Um so far based off of their form based off of their talent but boston has been known to bring out some crazy strategies pull out some big upsets uh is boston bringing a bringing a strategy this time are they are they going to purposely go for the reverse sweep joe is that the question um yeah so uh, you know as as interesting as that would be um i am also going for uh uh london this match like we said um like I said, I do think they are going to be a favorite, uh, but even more than that, uh, it just uh, how good they're really looking in this um, in this meta and w- with this type of uh, you know arrangement of players. I mean, uh, you know, the Boston's doing okay, um, but certainly not. Uh, this, is, this is certainly not the way we uh, have will be expecting in this uh, London matchup. I, th- I think London's got the advantage here. Uh, like you sort of alluded, I think that's that's what I'm going for. Yep, I'm also going London. Very tough week for Boston, facing up against London and Vancouver, uh, two days in a row too. So that's that's this is going to be a rough, maybe come down to earth week for Boston. Unfortunately, I do I do like Boston's roster. I do like how they've been performing. A very tough loss against Hangzhou. They need that win with with this week with what they have this week. Um, yeah, I'm going London too. London's just looking really good. They're looking top tier now. I, yeah, this is not a diss towards Boston at all. London's really good. Dallas Seoul is the next game we're predicting, which is the third game on Saturday after Shanghai, Florida. Uh, that's at three thirty, three thirty Pacific, six thirty Eastern. Dallas has been looking good so far this stage. Seoul has had a very tough stage so far at zero and two. This is. A must-win for Seoul uh, in this situation, and and Dallas is definitely going to want to grab this win uh, going into their into their home stand here um, against a very good team. Dallas is, Dallas has beat beat two teams last week, but I don't think they were top tier teams. I think Seoul is definitely arguably arguably a top tier team. So important game for both teams. Does Dallas continue their their form as of late, Joe? Or, yeah. or does Seoul take it? Yeah, must win for Seoul, maybe so. But um, I, I think uh, I sort of um, hinted to this earlier with my analysis of uh, uh, the, the Dallas schedule earlier in the show. That yeah, I think uh, you know might be a must win for Seoul, but I'm not sure they're going to find the success 
um, in this matchup, I'm going to give it to Dallas. Uh, actually, I know they've uh, they've played already this stage, or they played already this season, and I forget um, what the what the score was. But um, you know, I'm not sure that that would even convince me. Um, the the uh, I can see Dallas, like I said, going six and one, maybe five and two. Um, but I think if if they were losing a um, if they were losing a uh, match besides their Vancouver matchup uh, later in the stage, it would be this one. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think Dallas definitely has the potential to uh, to come away with this one. You know, we saw a really strong start uh, from them uh, in week two. Uh, I think week week three is hopefully going to go just as well. All right, um, I'm going to take Seoul. I'm going. I'm going against you once again, Joe. I I do think backs against the wall here for Seoul. They've had two tough matchups so far, and they're. I I am convinced they're going to take this one handily, actually, uh, and I think Dallas. It, sort of hits their low of their high low sort of sort of uh ways so um I, i'm gonna take soul here i think i think this is a great this is a game that they're gonna really want to win so i i think going into it soul's got a little bit of a little bit of an advantage here and i and i, I do like soul's player talent a little bit more than dallas's we move on Los Angeles Gladiators, Chengdu Hunters. Gladiators are streaking. They're looking so good. Uh, and over on the other side, you have a team who's looking pretty good in this matter. They're coming off of a loss against Shanghai, but Shanghai, they're they're a good team, obviously. Um, and yes, I have I am now confirming Gladiators have won uh, six 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 matches in a row now. That's wow. crazy. Um, so the gladiators six six games in a row. At at one point they were one and four. My God, they're now seven and four. Do, is is Chengdu the team to end their streak, Joe, or do they just continue, continue, continue going through? I mean, they play Florida earlier in this week, so barring they don't lose to Florida, and I, I if Florida wins, that's the upset of the century right there. Um, so they they'll probably be going on a seven game winning streak going into this. Is this where it ends, Joe? Yeah, no, I'm uh, I, I'm I'm staying with Gladiators here for this pick. I think it's uh, pretty fair as far as that goes. Uh, not uh, not a surprise really, but uh, at the same time, you know, I think Chengdu, like we said, is a really strong team. They they have the potential to come in at like uh, seven or eight on this um, at the end of the stage. I think is is fair to say, but I'm not uh, not convinced this is going to be one of their wins. Yeah, I think I think Gladiators have an easy undefeated stage. Honestly, they've got Mayhem, Chengdu, and then their last games against Boston, and I think that's going to be their toughest one. Um, and I think they could easily beat Boston, but to to go to this one, I'm looking far ahead. But I I think Gladiators take this one. Chengdu has got a style that everyone loves to watch, obviously, but I, I think I think Gladiators. Um, strategy is a little bit more sound and they're just looking so hot right now i i don't see them losing here to chung do uh so that there there you go there's our predictions for the week we're we've got a little little bit of differences hopefully i can uh take the lead this week back again joe we're, t- we're tied up or at the very least we can stay above 500 yes <laughs> at this point we're just both rooting for each other we're like please just look look like we're smart look like we know what we're talking about um yeah 
Yeah. So, it, I mean, if you guys if you guys want to see Joe tweets out a graphic every week with our overall record on predictions uh, head to head and who we predict each week, as well as our MVPs. So follow us over on our Twitter, uh, which is a good transition into our social media section. Our Twitter is at on the flank show. Uh, we also have personal Twitter accounts you can follow. Mine's at JW George IV and Joe's is at Kirkpatrick Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. That's INC. Uh, you could tweet at us if you if you would like uh, us to talk about something. If you have a question, a topic you want to talk about, you can also email us on the flank show at gmail.com. Uh, if you if you if you would like to send us any topics you want to want to hear us talk about, uh, you are listening to this in one way. If you want to listen to it in another, you could go to ontheflank.podbean.com. You can go to my personal YouTube channel, which is John George. You're most likely going to be able to find it via my Twitter account. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify, Google Play, uh, any of these podcast providers. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, it's going to be another great week. And uh, get get on Overwatch and and play some archives. <laughs>